is the Stagger Podcast. Welcome into the Stagger Podcast. I'm JD Smith. He is Derek Smith, and we are ready to talk some racing today. Derek, how you been, man? I've been I've been good, man. It's been a busy, busy week, but I'm ready to get back to seeing some live racing. We got the Outlaws coming up. We've got Martinsville coming up. Uh, it's going to be a busy, busy weekend, and I'm really excited to see uh, what the tracks have to offer this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Lots to talk about with uh, Martinsville race. We will do that. IndyCar is starting up in a few weeks. They had another test for uh, one of their tracks that I'm not particularly fond of, and it sounds like some of the drivers aren't either, but we'll get into all that. But first, uh, congratulations to Justin Peck, who got the win at Attica uh, in Ohio. That was the opener for the All-Star Circuit of Champions. He's been on a tear, uh, so he got the first one with the All-Star Circuit of Champions. But I wanted to bring up some sprint car news real quick before we get into everything else because I saw the entry list finally for the uh, World of Outlaws Bristol Throwdown. It's going on April 22nd through the 24th, a few weeks away. In case you are thinking of heading down to Bristol to watch sprint cars on that dirt track after we watch the NASCAR guys do it, I think the sprint cars are going to have a little bit more success as far as speed goes. Yeah. Um, but that's going to be a very intriguing thing to watch. Let me give you the entry list. You ready for this? Uh, we've got Jacob Allen, Logan Schuhart, David Gravel, Wayne Johnson, Brock Zierfoss, Brent Marks, Tyler Courtney, Jason Sides, James McFadden, Derek Hagar, Ian Madsen, Craig Kinzer, Justin Peck, who I just said won at Attica this week, Donnie Schatz, Sam Hayfertip Jr., Sheldon Hoddenshield, Gio Selzy, PPM, Parker Price Miller, Paige Polyak, Ryan Taylor, Brian Brown, Paul McMahon, Rico Abreu, Jack Hoddenshield, Kerry Madsen, Corey Eliason, Tucker Klossmeyer, Mason Daniel, Carson Macedo, Austin Wheatley, Brad Sweet, the Big Cat, Spencer Baston, Tim Schaefer, the Steel City Outlaws, Scotty Thiel, Aaron Reitzel, Linton Jeffrey, Dustin Daggett, and some guy named Kyle Larson. Going to be at the World of Outlaws Bristol Throwdown. So, Mr. Hendrick letting old Kyle Larson get a sprint car around Bristol. Well, you, you know, you well, get a win and things can happen. Yeah, <laughs> I guess you do. So you there find you, your way into the playoffs and uh, and it's not even May yet. You're uh, you're going to be able to pretty, pretty safe. <laughs> yeah. To, to go run a dirt car race here or there. And yeah. now that the dirt racing's back, you know, Kyle Bush needs or Kyle Bush, Kyle Larson uh, can say to old Mr. H, you can say, you know, I. I do need some more dirt time to make sure I'm fast at Bristol next year. I mean, that's yeah. A, well, that's true. You know, if nothing I mean, else, uh, too. I mean, it's they they know it's good for business, right? And they they've seen the dirt world giving the love to NASCAR. And I know that not every dirt fan is a fan of NASCAR, but certainly more dirt fans I think are are able to stick with it because well, not they're perfect. Well, <laughs> but also and not all and certainly not all NASCAR fans aren't dirt track fans. But I think you're seeing more you know, crossing over between all these different drivers that are coming through the dirt world, be it late models or sprint cars. So yeah, but, yeah. but there you go. April 22nd to 24th, literally I'm planning a vacation the week following that. But if I was not like, I, I would be down there. I think I, I would still may try to sneak down and watch it. Cause I really want to see sprint cars at Bristol. I know it happened 20 years ago. Uh, I'd love to see it. Uh, we have got racing back for NASCAR. It feels like a month off, even though it was just one week for the Easter holiday. Uh, yep. it, it, I, I'm, I'm glad that we don't have the two weeks off like some people want. People have talked for a while about how you win the Daytona 500 and then you know you have a media tour and all that. I've heard some people say they should take two weeks off after Daytona so the media tour can happen for the winner. And it's like, 
Yeah, what, what about the what about the fans? Is this 1997? What I don't is know. This that's well. Like, you, do that's, they have to go to the Des Moines Register and have a sit down interview with Bob McElligot or whoever is the writer uh, out there? That's one of those <laughs> bucketheads from the uh, Spotter podcast. If you want to go listen to them, they they often bring that up, and I always think it's stupid. But yeah, yeah is, I, it, the, is the guy having to be from a, a little town called Pageland, South Carolina? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think that's what I think, I think that's he his. I think he continues to bury a hole for himself. Yeah. And, well, and I don't know. Maybe he doesn't feel really, that way anymore. That used to be his his perspective. That used to but, be his his stance. But man, he was they were ripping the dirt racing. And I and I don't yeah. know. I didn't hear their comments. So maybe I maybe I need to well, go back. It, and listen to Marcus it. Smith heard those comments and he uh, and him and Dale Jr. were talking about that on the Dale Jr. download, which I thought was kind of funny. But no, it's it's been one of those things. I don't know if it's because uh, because uh Brett Griffin, who we're talking about, is he didn't he's not a full time spotter anymore in the Cup Series. Maybe he's just kind of letting everything loose. Uh, but he's always had kind of a loose cannon, rubs some people the wrong way. Well, yeah. uh, I liked him in the past before, but well, it's one, it's, of those it's one thing it's, where it's, you're it's, a good inter- it's interesting occasionally, but it, it also gets old where just every five seconds you're complaining about literally everything. I mean, everything, I, I like, get it, too. It sucked that it sucked that they didn't uh, have a better you know, situation. I mean, that, that was Noah like flooding they had, right? I mean, yeah. that was pretty torrential downpour. Right. You well, have, I, you have dirt or no dirt. You're not running anything at that track. They, they got the race in when they could. I mean, it was, yeah. it was going to be bad no matter what with the amount of rain they got. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think that podcast killed Kentucky, honestly. God, Kentucky's yeah. Cause they always, for seven, eight years, they just knocked that track into oblivion. And now you drive by it. There's nothing but UPS truck haulers occupying the midfield. And it's like, the midfield soccer uh, infield and you think about it it's like man look at outside of indiana i know you got nashville now but like for us in ohio that was an easy two-hour drive to the track and i mean we went to a few races at kentucky we enjoyed ourselves well as far Um, as watching an oval track race you're right because like indy number one is now a road course for nascar so that's not you don't get an oval experience there if you want to watch nascar in an oval and you live in the midwest the upper midwest uh, you don't have Chicagoland anymore, so anybody nope. who would travel to that, you can't go to. Obviously, uh, they still run the what the trucks go to Gateway or in you whatever that's. Gateway, but that's St. Louis. I mean, right, that's not talking, close for a lot of people. Talking, we're talking if you live in the if you live in Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana, if you live in that, which there's a lot of racing fans in that area. Here's what you have: you have Michigan. You have you that's have your Michigan track. Michigan for an oval race. That's it. And yeah. You if have, you want an oval race and yeah, if you want to go watch the NASCAR guys on a road course, you do have road. You have mid Ohio for the Xfinity series and then you have road America, uh, road America. Well, you have that too now, but you, yeah. like they've given you a bunch of road, road courses course. to watch and that's great. I love road course racing. I we, love it too. But if I want to go see NASCAR, I mean, I, this is the thing is we, so where we're positioned, I know we're kind of being selfish talking here. We can, we could go two years ago to Indianapolis to uh, Kentucky Speedway to Michigan, and there were four races there at those tracks that we could day trip to legitimately. Yeah, where you don't have to get a hotel; it'd be a long day, but you could get wake up at six a.m. and come back at midnight, and you saw yourself a NASCAR race. Yeah, and well, that's that's appealing to a lot of families who don't want to drop, you know, budgets for a hotel or camping, or they have work or whatever, or they want to see an Xfinity race. I mean, I don't see why we're not racing Xfinity at Kentucky or trucks. Yeah, or I know at that like. Like that track why, is not as like, bad as everyone said in the track. You had two of the best me. finishes you've had two of the best yes. finishes you've had in the cup series in the last 10 years happened at that track. You had the Bush brothers victory yep. where Kirk got it over Kyle. And then you yep. had the four wide uh, Cole Custer win last year. 
What are and, we? What am I missing here? Like I understand that sometimes, yes, the racing can get spaced out. Guess what other track does that at? Charlotte, and they're never leaving Charlotte. Texas, Golly, Atlanta, yeah, every SMI track, pretty much. Like, I like it. Like, I like that there's more. Race. I like that do, there's do more you? road courses. But I just, you're right. right. They could have but, done that. Why not put? Why not go to a track like? I don't know. Maybe I, I NASCAR has done I mean, a lot it's, of research. It's, it's I'm not like, trying to go onto all that, but I do not know why they couldn't have done. Maybe you couldn't go to Sebring, right? Or maybe you can't go to Barber or one of those, but there are road courses down South too. You perhaps one of them would have been able to work out a situation where you could have had one of the road courses down there, take away a race from one of the Southern tracks and then leave Kentucky for at least. Yeah. Cause there's a pretty wide swath of the area that, the, and that, Michigan's a drive for and Pocono's a drive for and those are the two basic oval tracks now that you have uh other than well New Hampshire I mean I'm just trying to think where else I'm I'm sure I'm missing something there's only one race up there now too for for well that's why that race has to stay there because think about all those people up in Vermont and Maine and all like all the New England like that's we're complaining about losing Kentucky if they lost New Hampshire where would they go to watch an oval track race it'd be 10 hour drive I'm sorry this is where I think that they should have 45 tracks or 35 tracks or whatever the track count it would be and then you basically have a year where you just get at trucks at atlanta i know people oh, oh yeah how dare you yeah you i see what you're saying get, you just get xfinity and trucks at new hampshire but you some years you don't some year you don't get a cup race but you get some years two you truck get races race, but, or something but, yeah that'd be you, fun but you work with isc you work with smi the two track owners and then like pocono and dover you say hey guys every fourth year you're going to get one race and you can do what pocono's doing and double header that yeah same with dover you could yeah. double header a dover race you could do something like that if you want you get one weekend for cup a year and, and it's up to you if you want to do two races or whatever i see to i me, like that, that a lot i think and then that's that, really good that gives you a chance to say what if oh my gosh you get a nascar heritage throwback south boston one year and one year only what if sure that, that could be you could have like a and you then, could have a wild card track you could have a wild but card i know track. that it's, the, the thing is there look they have shown this right if you're willing to do non-competitive pit stops like they did at Bristol, that opens yep. up a whole hell of a yep. lot of more options. There are there are a lot of racetracks now that if you don't have to have, you know, zipping in, zipping out of the pits, which by the way, did you miss anything from that? I know that it it adds a little something on the cautions and all that. It does add, you know, it's another point of racing where you can mess it up. And so thus that's a there's the race on and off pit road. And I I like what a lot of the pit crews do but next year you're going to have single lug nuts anyway right so the pit stops are still going to be competitive but they're going to be slightly different for me i would say if it means you can go to places like south boston or some of these other tracks where yes they're going to have to have safer barriers they're going to have to do things like that but if you say we're not as worried about pit road anymore we can just do the pit stops you know we'll, we'll find a way to do the pit stops without having competitive pit stop uh situations it opens it up to so many other short tracks that I'm sure NASCAR fans would gladly trade no active pit stops for getting to see cars on some of these legendary speedways that are, you know, still needing some upgrades and things like that. But man, it would be cool. And and, and Bristol obviously was a massive success. Did you maybe you had this, Derek? I don't know. Yeah. I had more people come up to me in the last couple of weeks and say, Did you watch that Bristol thing? That was pretty cool, huh? Like yeah. people who know I like racing. And then I would always turn it back and say, Well, yeah, I watched it. Did you watch it? And they're like, Yeah, I flipped it on. I thought it was a little weird because I couldn't see as well because it was kind of dusty, but 
that was really cool to see him sliding around like that. Like, yeah, it drew people into the sport to go, huh, they're doing something different. That's interesting. And you can do that more with people who have lost their interest. If you say, hey, you know, this local track near you that you've always thought they should come to. Well, guess what? They're doing it. That'll bring some people back in. So I I do think that's a good way for NASCAR to do some easy PR, but non-competitive pit stops. Let's keep that in mind because that can be good. Let's keep that in mind. And let's let's. Like this is where I wish we could tag Marcus Smith and say, "Hey, you know, let's let's open up." I mean, I, I've heard North Wilkesboro's not dead. There may be well, some he talks about North point. Wilkesboro. That uh, that's all. Dale Junior's got this obsession with North I, Wilkesboro. I that's fine. That. Let me tell you the track that they need to go back to because it was badass as hell. Rockingham. What are we Rockingham. doing? Rockingham what is are we doing? a big track. Like that's perfect. All right, I'll I'll start the Kickstarter. Marcus Smith, I got five dollars here. Let's go. I don't care. Let's go to North, go to both of them, by the way. Go back to North Wilkesboro <laughs> and go back to Rockingham. I think they're both cool tracks. Yeah, back, like, seriously. Like, I, Kentucky's the one, though, where it's like that was centrally located for people all throughout. Like, And I know Nashville's got the race now, but you get people from Tennessee, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, uh, you know, Missouri. A like, hour drive. You, get, you had that, a lot of people that, that could location, get there in three or four hours. Yeah, three hour drive. You had it was it's less than an hour from Louisville. It's like 35 minutes to Cincinnati suburbs. If you walk down the street in Cincinnati, I, I, you know, if I'm a marketer, I'm looking at a lot of NASCAR stereotypical fans in Cincinnati. Hello. Well, and you yeah. sold out. You sold out for many years for ARCA and trucks and nationwide. And then you built 50,000 more seats. That's where you re- went wrong, in my opinion. But you, you know what else? You know what else same. you could do now? Cincinnati, you're right, is a major urban area. You go to that major urban area and you remind like people who have been f- told that NASCAR is not for them, communities that have been told NASCAR is not for you. And then you bring in drivers and say, we do have, you know, Bubba Wallace, who had a Black Lives Matter car. We had Daniel Suarez, who is a Hispanic driver from Mexico, who just had one of the best runs we've seen in Bristol. You could market some of those guys in larger urban areas where it's not just you know, like old white dudes, like you can market yeah. to other drivers and people who would might maybe say, you know what, I've never been to a NASCAR race, but I didn't realize this is only an hour from where I live. And that's not too bad to get there. And you said the tickets are only 30, 40 bucks. Okay. Like yeah. suddenly I, you're going to draw in more people to check the sport out that never would have. You're right. It, it's yeah. like the perfect lack of timing on that. And, but yes, for some well, people who complain about the racing all the time, Kentucky had some dog races. So does New Hampshire. So does Atlanta. So does Phoenix. Like the people who complain every week about the racing, at some point I just wonder, do you actually like circle track racing? Because yeah. Daytona and Talladega with 40 cars flying around at 200 miles an hour, that's cool. That happens four times a year. The actual sport is cars being three seconds ahead and then 2.5 seconds ahead and then 2.3 seconds ahead and then oh their tire wear is falling off and someone passes them over a period of 20 laps that's Mm. that is actual circle track racing in a large portion of what the sport is so if you don't like that that's fine you don't really like nascar then i'm sorry go watch something else i don't know what you're looking for nascar has an opportunity to do something that no other sport can maybe outside of baseball when you go to any small town and baseball is contracting this, what do you typically find in a in a town like Charleston, West Virginia? You look for and you drive and you see these lights and you're like, oh, what are those lights for? You Google, look at a map, 
and you find, oh, they have a double A or had a double A team down there or single A, whatever. Yeah. Um, there's minor league baseball stadiums dotted all across this country, Montana to Florida. Sure. Right. Um, so why doesn't NASCAR take the opportunity to say, hey, we got a chance. We have this series called the Truck Race Series. We now have the Arca Series. We got the East and West Arca Series. So we have five divisions of racing yeah. that are under our umbrella. Let's utilize that. Let's let these teams go out. Maybe not this year because of COVID, but like if you if you had an ARCA, like full series ARCA race at Kentucky, and that was the only thing on the calendar, they would make enough of a profit with their marketing team, you know, maybe bare bones to to make Kentucky work. If you had You're saying put ARCA at Kentucky all year round? No, no, no. What I'm saying is put ARCA at Kentucky and then next year maybe it's the truck. Oh, that whole thing. Header. Right. Okay. And yeah. maybe the third year you get a cup only standalone event where it's like, you know, maybe you get like, or like maybe you get some stuff. You know on what else? Circle tracks. You, you know how you could do that too? Hey, to all these tracks, like we have uh, performance standards for you as attendance. So yeah. if you can get 10,000 people to an ARCA race, then we're going to, we're going to give you a truck race. And if you can get 30,000 yeah. people to that truck race, then, you know, or over three years, you can average. Right. 25,000 at a truck race over three years, then you're going to get a cup race after that. And then yeah. make that known to fans that like, Hey, if you come to these truck races, you could eventually get a cup race near you, but you got to go to the truck races too. Yeah. And you can't and just you know, buy the, t- you can't have one company just buy all the tickets and have no fans no. there. You got to actually get fans in the seats and actually make it a thing. Well, but, and here's a way to do it. And this will be my last point is every NASCAR track needs to start looking at itself as an entertainment venue. So yeah. if you have Chris Stapleton coming to Sparta, Kentucky, on a Saturday night for a concert and the, the opening act just happens to be that Arca East series for a hundred lap shootout. Well, there you go. Hell yeah. That, I that's agree how with you. you. 30,000 fans Man. to stand for an Arca race. <laughs> I mean, well, it's, that's it. it. It's, it's, it's the, the, the race itself is funded by NASCAR. The race is kind of the free part. You're actually paying to book Chris Stapleton, but you make it as you have to buy a ticket to this race that starts at four. The, the concert starts yeah. at eight. And or yeah. right after the race, and that yeah, I mean, I, dude, how and many minor league baseball games did we go to like that where it was like this band is going to be there, but first the baseball News game. boys. Well, yeah, we, we saw like Christian <laughs> artists, but yeah, that was our upbringing. Um, all right, yeah. well, let's let's take a break. We'll come back and we will preview the Martinsville race. We'll discuss that next. You're listening to the Stagger Podcast. <laughs> Welcome back to the Stagger Podcast. So Martinsville, seven races, seven winners. You said, Derek, you think we can get to an eighth race and an eighth winner. Explain. Uh, well, pretty simple. Bubba Wallace and the 2311 racing team uh, right. is going to go ahead and they're going to capitalize on that top 11 finish that he had last year at the in the Black Lives Matter car. And he is going to come out this weekend and, and get the W at Toyota Pass. That's my pick. Well, your your internet crapped out right as you said all that, so it didn't right, sound like I'll do it again. No, <laughs> the, I, we heard you. You picked Bubba Wallace. He's not going to win this yeah. week. That's not Shocker. happening. He's, he's not going to win this week. All right, no, 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 no. I'm not I'll arguing. Do this shirtless no, no. next week. No, no I will not. do the shirtless next week if he does not win. Oh God, no one wants. To, number one, no one can see you because it's a podcast. Number two, it's ridiculous because he hasn't even finished top ten this year. So. I'm telling you, get in line. I mean, he was he was Bubba running Wallace good at Bristol. I agree. Is about to leave the station. Listen, I think Bubba Wallace has a ton of chances with this team. I think they will get much better over the second half of the year to go from not even finishing top ten to they're suddenly going to win at one of the toughest tracks to win at Martinsville. 
uh, he's great there. I just hope that their car will be great there too. But they got a lot of work to do to get to that point. I think a good run for him is, uh, yeah, stack up a top 10 and then stack a few top 10s. I'll start believing he can win. Certainly Richmond would seem like another track that he would be good at. Um, but I'll tell you who I think it's going to be. If there is going to be an eighth winner in eight tries, uh, the guy who hasn't won yet this year would be Chase Elliott. I mean, he's been yep. great at Martinsville the last few years. Uh, he has three top fives in his last four starts there. He won the last race we had there. So of the guys who haven't won anything this year, he'd be an easy pick. He's your defending champion. He won there last time we went there. So yeah, I, I think that's a good one. But how about this guy too? Uh, only Penske driver not to win this year, though he's been close. Obviously Daytona we know about. Brad Kozlowski. Man, think about how different his season would be if he hadn't been wrecked at Daytona or whatever. Ugh. However you feel that went. I'm just saying <laughs> he'd already have that W. We wouldn't have Michael McDowell. Season would look a lot different, but you assume Brad Kozlowski's going to get on the win column at some point this year. So between him or Chase, I think those would be the two that I would be pointing to as favorites for this race. Um, if we're going to get a non-repeat winner, I guess that's that's the yeah, other part. Yeah. Of Top it. three finish for for the for those guys for sure. Um, <laughs> Bubba's gonna I win. Th- All right, Bubba's gonna win. I mean, take it to the bank if you want to drive to Indiana and make a bet. There's on no it. But, taking know, it to the. Don't take it to the bank. This is this is <laughs> ridiculous. Um, so also don't forget, uh, there were a couple interesting things that happened uh, in the world of testing for NASCAR. So last week, Kyle Larson and I forget who else tested rain tires. At Martinsville, which yeah, that's good, good. That's something that needs to happen. I think you can run rain tires at short tracks. Obviously, if you can have tires, if you can have rain tires at Daytona for the road course and they're on the banking all the way around that track, they run the entire track basically is run in that except for a part of the backstretch and a tiny part of the front trioval. Mm-hmm. If you can run on the road course and then all the banking in in rain tires, Obviously, you can't run Talladega and Daytona on this super speedway like that. Yeah, the, the spray and, would be insane. Well, spray in there, there's no way those tires would hold up. They just flat out wouldn't. But they also won't work a mile and a half tracks, presumably, unless you want to go 40 miles an hour, right? Which no one wants to see that. But short tracks, you're already going slow. So that's more about the beaten, banging and, you know, car position and all that stuff. I think it's interesting. They tried this like. I don't know, 30 years ago, they Terry Labonte went out in the 90s and tested rain tires at Martinsville, and and they all said at the time it wasn't really doable, but the cars have changed. They're going to continue to change. Uh, they're, Ooh, I, I think they're going to say the drivers have gotten better. Oh, well, that's that's a that's a hot, there. spicy take there for sure. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, just keep an eye on all that. Also, they are testing um, this week. I know Tyler Reddick, I want to say, is testing uh, as well. Uh, yeah. with the with the new car so they're out doing more oh. tire tests this week with the new cars so next gen car is coming no i don't think they're nice. doing it at martinsville I, I it's one of the mile and a half so i want to say but it's they're doing tire testing they're just trying to get this back to you know get an understanding of what that car is going to do under all different kind of circumstances so just keep an eye on it there's a lot of testing going on in nascar that usually means good innovation is coming out so yeah. that'll be fun um the other thing, and let's let's talk about this real quickly because IndyCar is coming up, and we're excited for that season to get underway. That they are. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Texas for the Indy cars. I'm not a huge fan of oval tracks for the Indy cars, other than Indy. Um, and I don't mind St. Louis just because it's a smaller track. Um, but the bigger tracks to me, they these cars just go so fast. It's always a little concerning. However, at Texas, here's the problem: uh, they repave this track. When was that? 
few years ago, 2017, somewhere around there. Um, yeah, it was, it was a few years ago. Yeah. They repaved the track and they, they did like a, they put something on the track that just didn't a lime wash, I guess, when they repaved it, that made the track too slick for the NASCAR guys. So they have put PJ one in turns one and two, uh, up the top to be able to kind of give an extra groove of racing up there because it was single file around Texas. Problem is the Indy cars don't really respond that well to PJ one. They can't get that to work for them. It makes that too slick. They actually, according to Graham Rahal, have about 20% less grip in the PJ1 than they do just on the regular surface. So they're saying when they run there, because they did another test and it was the same problem, they're calling it a no-go zone. They're, no one's going to drive up there. So you are not going to have passing in turns one and two. Most likely, unless the guys during the race just widen it out themselves by putting two tires in that stuff and hoping for the best that's not ideal when you're trying to you know get the best race you can out of out of texas yeah and texas to me has not been one of my favorite tracks like you said um but the indy cars have put on a decent show there so having the pj1 is not really gonna help make that a better show and we all know what happened at phoenix with them a couple years ago with the one lane race that i believe scott dixon won because literally no one could pass uh IndyCar, it's a, it's kind of almost this culture clash of the older IndyCar fans who remember the USAC days driving, you know, circle track racing with Andretti and Foyt and Nazareth, Pennsylvania, and all this fun stuff, right? But those days I think are gone. These cars are best suited for streets and oval and uh, road course racing. Um, so that's why I hope that IndyCar starts to make that move to uh, to change it to more more road course racing and less ovals maybe iowa iowa still puts on a good show i like iowa uh, i'm i'm with you, you on wanna, that if you want to do ovals keep it keep it local keep it cheap do irp yeah Why not? well like I, obviously i never want them to leave do rockingham no there we go <laughs> <laughs> yeah bring it back no bring i back. i i never put them on dirt let's see how the, <laughs> let's it's see how bristol, the baby the bristol baby god i'd love to see indy cars at bristol just once not <laughs> with dirt just with the actual bristol i'd love to see good lord would, i don't know if we would, would cuz that'd be that's great i love it um, awesome. so i yeah the indy car series i think is for me the most of the appeal is the road course and street courses which we're going to be getting to they're going to uh, Barber Motorsports Park. It is the Indy Grand Prix of Alabama. That is uh, April 18th. That is the first race of the season. Then it is St. Pete, like you said. Uh, Long Beach is, is further down the way. So they do have two races at Texas, the Texas two-step, May 1st and 2nd. So that'll be the third and fourth races of the year when you have uh, all the PJ1 issues. So enjoy those first two races the second two may be a little rough in texas man i i feel for them because they're just trying to make the track as good as they can but i don't know why why can't you get the pj1 off the track that's the thing i don't understand i didn't I think mean, that stuff stuck around they all complain about how like if it rains it's like oh they didn't got to re reapply the pj1 this morning for the tr for the nascar guys yeah, apparently the I, I, it, it works really, better for the indy cars than it or it doesn't work well enough for the indy cars i guess i don't know what they would have to do for that well i'm i'm wondering too like whatever happened to the tire dragon at Kentucky, yeah. Remember that? Well, uh, maybe they, that and they maybe they murdered <laughs> that when they murdered that track. I don't know. Maybe they just. <laughs> but like, all maybe that. that sounds to me like a better opportunity for these tracks that, or better alternative to these tracks that do have, uh, both you know, multiple series running. I know there's always issues with the Goodyear Wrangler tires with the trucks messing with the Firestone reds and whites with the IndyCar. It, it it testing before the trucks went out. It completely changed the track when they laid a different set of rubber down. So. I don't know. It, it, there, there's definitely things that 
two guys in a podcast that don't have the science scientific background probably can't figure out, but I think Speak there is for ways yourself. to, I think I can figure it out. I'm pretty smart. Yeah. I'm gonna work Hold on my it. beer. I'm going to figure out this PJ one solution, <laughs> Eddie Gossage. Um, but I mean, Texas has got a lot of smart people at the track uh, as far as marketing wise. Let's hope they got a lot of smart people that, and with the track texting, figure out how to, how to do something to, to scrub that down. Maybe they should grind it, get borrow that grinder that they used at, at Bristol for a while. I don't know. Yeah. Well, don't borrow the one you used at Indy because we all know how that yeah, went. For don't, not that one. <laughs> all right. Well, that's it for us this week on the Stagger Podcast. Uh, looking forward to talking with you next week about the results from Martinsville. And we will have a lot more about the IndyCar season as well. Till then, stay safe and stay staggered.